in an endeavor to banish the cicada noise from the audio, I have purchased a new cable for my microphone. How's that going? Um, I think it's going pretty well. So well, in fact, that that might be the title for my next book, The Banishment of Cicadas. The Banishment of Cicadas. I feel like that would be horrible for the ecosystem. I think you thought this out. No. So you do have the cord now? I do. I do. And so far? It, and so far? So far. We'll see. I'll be <laughs> I, the judge I of that. I was going to say, it's all going to come down to when Jamie is editing. But it would be nice if that was the problem, if it was that <sighs> simple. I'm hoping I mean, so. The more that I was playing with the old cable, if I would like bend it a certain way, this noise would die down. And I'm like, hmm. If it's not the cord, I it's the cord. Look at us troubleshooting geniuses. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm impressed that I actually was able to figure out a technology thing without you having to hold my hand. I mean, I did say it was the cord, but you figured out your own cord, <laughs> potentially the connection. That, mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, you, did it, Carl. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry. God. <laughs> Welcome to the Act Break, where we're talking about all things story. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction. Because internet friends totally count. Welcome back to the Act Break podcast, folks. I am Carly, lover of literary devices. And I am Jamie, a science fiction and speculative fiction writer. We say it like we're so interesting. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Today we are talking about companions from sidekicks to mentors. And everything in between. We're actually not going to talk about everything in between. Like but, some you know, things in between. A few. A variety. A smattering. A couple. A smidge. A selection. A plethora. No, there probably won't be a plethora. Because every main character needs a little support, a little somebody to bounce ideas off of, a friend, a lackey, (laughs) someone to do their bidding. (laughs) I like how friend and lackey were just like right next to each other. Yeah, they're just right next to each other. That's how my brain works. They're adjacent. It only takes just the slightest thing for the friend to become a lackey. It really does. I should know. I have been... (laughs) She's often lackey status. I have been demoted to lackey on occasion. Take care care of this for me. (laughs) Read this paragraph. I don't want to. (laughs) Um, But also, I'm the definitions girl. So, you know, we all have our roles to play. (laughs) True. I definitely don't look anything up anymore. I'm like, Jamie, give us a definition. (laughs) They call me Merriam-Webster. Some of the best-known sidekicks that came to my mind, my very first thought was of Dick Grayson, who's Robin. Pretty much the epitome of sidekick is Batman and Robin. And the fantasy side, we've got Samwise Gamgee. Heck yeah. The the ultimate. Everybody's like, if you have to have a sidekick, you want it to be Sam. You want it to be Sam. He will have food, and he will carry you when you get tired. Exactly. Even though it'd be way easier just to like slap you silly and take the ring and do your own. Just do it your <laughs> He's too nice for that. Oh, Sam. See, sidekicks have to be nicer than the hero. Otherwise, this, this doesn't work. I think that that's very true. Of course it is. I said it. What was I thinking? 
Before we get into more examples, let's shift gears into like story context, like the importance level in the story and their relationship to the plot and by extension, the protagonist and antagonist even. Yeah, I think that supporting characters are one of the most important elements there is because they make your main character more interesting. Yeah. So they are interacting with someone instead of just constantly narrating their own story. They have somebody to banter. They have somebody to interact with. Mm -hmm. Reading a conversation is more engaging often than just a wall of brick text. Monologue. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. I agree. They are so crucial to an engaging story. And I often find myself more interested in the side characters because I think that they're easier to write well because I think a lot of writers get into their head that a protagonist or a hero has to be a certain kind of way. And so the sidekick often serves as like a softening of that image or like a it brings things into better contrast. They're the foil and they do that quite well. You can do a sidekick or a companion in a lot of different ways, but a lot of the times it's like a friend and having your main character have a friend brings them a certain amount or an illusion of likability because if they have a friend, they must have some sort of redeeming qualities. Yeah. So especially if you have maybe a more unlikable protagonist, it's kind of important to give them somebody to play off of to make them a little bit more likable. A contrasting character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Side characters often bring interesting ways to progress the plot that the protagonist wouldn't necessarily do themselves, especially early in the story. Yeah, they're um, sometimes the reason they drag you to this event or that event. Yeah, exactly. They want to do a thing before getting into like the archetypes of different ones, just like an overall, like uh, the, the secondary characters oftentimes carry the theme of your story mm. and are like the backbone or the the grounding element to your plot or your main character they help kind of send the message home they can be the person that in the darkest hour of your protagonist they either provide the support or say the thing that makes everything come together or sparks the idea that makes your protagonist make everything come together (laughs) that's great that you brought that up they do i hadn't thought of it that way but they absolutely do Yeah, I was just looking at Blake Snyder's beat sheet, and in that, the beat, the B story talks about that. Often the B story, it seems secondary, but it's carrying the theme of what the whole story is actually about, just in a different light. Yeah, and it's either mirroring the main plot or... Contrasting it. Or contrasting it in Mm -hmm. order to bring light to the theme or the thing that the main character has to learn in order for the story to come to its crescendo and give us the satisfaction that we want. As per example, Samwise Gamgee standing on the side of Mount Doom, making his big speech about things in this world worth fighting for. Strawberries. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, Sam. We love you. Although these types of characters are often called sidekicks or companions or secondary characters... 
I don't want them to be undervalued because they are just as important, just like most things in your story are all important elements that come together. Having rounded out fully formed characters in your secondary positions, quote unquote, help a story so much when they are like a flat, nothing behind the mask character. They're not going to elevate your story like you want. Even though they're designed to help your main character, they need to be their own person yeah. because it's that everybody is the main character of their own story. They need to be a fully formed entity. Yeah, no side character thinks I'm a sidekick. And if they do, it's not very realistic. <laughs> but the the side characters that have their own arc, that's what Those you're are going the best. for. Thinking about side characters, I specifically thought of Twilight of Gods, a good book I read once that I can't recommend to anybody because they can't get their hands on it. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mind just totally blanked out on the character's name. It's not Anar. It's the other guy. Arnlog. The brother, right? Mm -hmm. I, I specifically thought of Arnlog from that because he's got a really good arc of his own. And it's very much a like he is the main character of his story of what he's got going on. But he's not like, quote unquote, the main character. But um, well, thank you for saying that. Wow. I remember things. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, the fact that you actually do remember that character really makes me feel good because you don't always remember. <laughs> if I don't like a book, I instantly forget it. The other day, I was like looking at Ursula K. Le Guin books on my Goodreads and I'm like, The Left Hand of Darkness, and it says I read it. I have zero idea what that book is about. <laughs> no recollection. I only read it like a year and a half ago. You purge. Deleted it. You purge things. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't love it. That's all I remember. <laughs> but not with your book, Missy. Thank you. Anyways, moving right along. Let's uh let's start diving into the types of characters, of side characters. Companions can be found in all fiction, not just science fiction and fantasy, but some are pretty specific to the genre. Like you don't find mentors in contemporary romance. Not that I'm aware of, at least. There are genres that lend themselves yes, to these. absolutely. In a uh, romantic comedy, it would be the best friend. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's just like different different types are, lend themselves to different genres. Yes, and there can be crossover in all of them. We're doing our best to give you a smattering of examples from different things but we will probably end up mentioning more science fiction and fantasy because surprise surprise that's what we like best who knew all right so i mean since you brought up the best friend the best friend is one of the main examples of the companions yeah and i just want to say that when i was thinking about the best friend trope i don't know if you want to call it a trope i thought of keeper by kim chance i did too <gasps> She's one of the best, best friends I've ever read. I love her side character. Maggie. She was incredibly relatable and she really popped off the page for being like a supporting character. Yeah. Oh, she was great. She was done so well. And like, I don't want to give spoilers, but like. She has her own arc. So the Keeper duology by Kim Chance is what we're referring to. Maggie is Chef's Kiss best friend. 
Um, and then, yeah, we mentioned Samwise is like a sidekick slash best friend. He kind of is like right in the middle there. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, oh. What, what, what? Let's get into this for just a second. Ooh, okay. It's also an interpretation. In the movie, he comes off as a best friend. In the books, he's very much a um he's almost like a caretaker because in the book frodo is much older than Mm -hmm. sam and sam like takes care of his garden and his house and his chores yeah i was gonna say it's all it's borderline lackey frodo doesn't treat him poorly but as the series progresses their bond deepens and it becomes a more meaningful relationship than just um Sam works for Frodo. Yeah. Um, but yes, you are so right. In book to movie, completely different. And it plays better in the film. Um, on the screen, it made so much more sense for them to do it that way. Yeah. And we're not sad about it. Another uh, best friend example that I really love is um, Anne to Leslie Nope in Parks and Rec. I oh, yeah. love their friendship dynamic and the way that that helps evolve Leslie's character. But Anne has her own stuff going on, and it's it's great. That's a good example. Do you got any besties? <laughs> I mean, me, obviously, I am an excellent... Lackey. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Cut it, cut it. We're done. Turn it off. The podcast is canceled, everyone. <laughs> No, um, I didn't write down specifics for best friends. One that borders the line between like a friend and whatever else nebulous you want to call this, because as soon as you say the word companion, I think of Doctor Who. Mm. And the people that travel are basically friends. Most of the time, they have no other reason to be traveling with him other than the fact that they were invited along and they enjoy each other's company. Yes. So I guess that does count as like a friend, but I wouldn't call it best friends. It is more, I think companion is the right word. It's the perfect word. So I almost want to categorize Doctor Who companions as friends, but it's a it's that weird squishy line in between. In between friends and what, I don't know. <laughs> well, something I was going to bring up was I prefer when – companions serve more than one purpose i think that they are most enjoyable that way they don't fit into one archetype and i think that that's the reason that it's that squishy place for the doctor who companions because different ones have different roles within that story arc yeah and that's why they are so enjoyable to watch because it's not going to be the same thing on a loop when there's a new companion Exactly. At least in I, my at least in my experience. I haven't watched all of the episodes, but I went down a real rabbit hole of uh, Doctor Who companions and I haven't watched all of it, but I had been really dedicated to it for a certain amount of time. <clears throat> David Tennant. <clears throat> yeah. And you're right. It's like it really just depends on the character. Um my favorite companion, which would be Donna Noble, was was that she served multiple purposes she was a companion a buddy but she was also very much a foil a very yes. different opposing forces to push him and force him to grow um, which is what her character was designed to do spoiler alert because he's kind of in a bad place and then through traveling with donna he he kind of like gets over a grieving process yeah cancel the rest of what this episode was about 
this is now about Doctor Who and his companions. I know. I'm just saying because especially you mentioned like having multiple roles Mm -hmm. because Martha is a companion. She ends up being incredibly important to the story arc she's involved in and it couldn't happen without her. And same with Rose at the end of her story arc. Like, yeah. That's where it comes back around. The companion often is carrying the theme of the entire story or story arc. Yeah, those are some fantastic examples of that very point. We've been talking a lot about sidekicks, so I feel like maybe we could give some less well-known examples maybe because obviously everybody thinks of superhero sidekicks when you say sidekicks. I have a few examples that popped to mind which I mean obviously some of these are pretty popular as well so you know there goes my let's give less common examples. (laughs) Listen I say what I want when I say it and then I change my mind right after I say it. A lot. (laughs) Jamie has to put up with that constantly so you guys might as well join in on that. It's also the verbal processing thing. Sometimes I don't know what I think until I say it, and then it comes out and like, mm-mm, that's wrong. I don't think that. <laughs> that's false. <laughs> false. Throw it in reverse. <laughs> Take it back. Uh, anyways, examples. Uh, donkey to Shrek. Sidekick, for sure. Definitely not friend <laughs> at first. At first. Because donkeys just gets on Shrek's nerves. Watson to Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca to Han Solo. Solid sidekicks. So you don't think Chewie and Han are best friends? I think that they're I think that there's a there's a mixture in there. And I think that in some instances Chewie comes off more like a sidekick and in other instances comes off more like a best friend. Do you so think just, that's because of speciesism? Like it's <laughs> speciesism. Well I'm listen, it's not like he can really like get people to listen to him in his own right because no one understands him but Han. That's because they don't speak Wookiee, which is speciesism. <laughs> speciesism. <laughs> listen, save this Sorry. argument for the Star okay. Wars episode. Moving right along. One of my favorite uh, examples of a really compelling sidekick is Call Shivers in Best Served Cold by Joe Abercrombie. He has his own full arc in that story, and it brings the whole main story arc home at the very end. And without him, the book would not have packed the punch that it did. But the point of the plot is not his It's not his goal, but he still drives it. He still drives the story as much as the protagonist does. I love when reading a series, if there's a side character that grows and evolves to become a main character in their own right later on. Yeah. You get that, I feel, more often in epic fantasy. Yes. Because they have the time to develop that, to to move that arc forward like if you have just a standalone uh 300 page novel like there's not that opportunity yeah that's something that one is one of those things that lends itself to a certain genre yes i can't like overemphasize enough how important it is that they have like their own arcs so important oh like a um like the hound in game of thrones what about mentors Mentors. Classic mentor. So many mentors. So many. I think with the whole mentors thing, what I'm thinking of mostly is that the the mentee is the sidekick, not the mentor. Which is interesting, though, because it depends on the story. 
Yeah, it does depend on the story. But when I was originally thinking of the mentor trope in regards to psychics and companions, I was thinking like the Batman and Robin of it all. Right, right. Okay, that that makes sense. So in that sense, obviously, Batman is the the lead role and in that and he is the mentor. I was definitely thinking of mentor as like the trope, the side character that helps the protagonist and their team along their merry way. More of the Gandalf and the Moraine in Wheel of Time and even Tom in Wheel of Time. And like they they're not the main they're even sometimes considered tertiary characters in like the big epic fantasy. But but yeah, I didn't even think about them in the main character role. So interesting. Since we were talking about sidekicks, that's all I was thinking. Do you consider the comic relief a role in its own right? Or is that usually paired with another kind of companion? Um, I feel like that could be. That's less of a role and more of um, an attribute. Yeah, that's true. Because a companion can be a comedic foil or comic relief, but it's not always. And the comedic relief can also come from a tertiary character. That could be slotted in anywhere depending on the personality of the character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Often it is used as comic relief, like the best friend part, because it it lends itself to that. Everybody knows the quirky best friend trope and all of that. Yeah. I was thinking of... um, Jeskier in The Witcher yeah. for that. Um, Ron Weasley. Yes, yes. They're like either the best friend or the sidekick, but they're also the comic relief. Yeah, snarky comments provider. Yeah. That's me. Um. Yes, yes. <laughs> Another type of side character in your story that can drive your plot forward would be the love interest or even a platonic life mate slash buddy cop situation they could also be considered like depending on the situation the buddy cop i guess is more of like the friend role i guess um that falls i close closer to like a companion like partners partners um, yes where we're put together we want to have a good working relationship but we didn't necessarily choose each other right One of the examples I saw listed for this, which, I mean, I don't know about the, like, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it, so maybe you can, I might be wrong. But, like, Zoe DeMal in Firefly, they're more the working together partnership. Yeah, I think by the time we see Zoe and Mal's relationship, they're friends. Yeah. They were comrades in arms, so they forged their, their bond through trials. Right. And so then they become like connected almost to like a family status. Which is why I like the platonic life mate, I think fits that a little bit better. But then love interest wise, well, the love, it depends on, I think, the story. Not all love interests wind up as companions. But in certain situations, they are working together and they fall in love either they usually fall in love along the way. Like Annabeth and Percy and Percy Jackson, like Katniss and Peeta in The Hunger Games, um, that sort of thing. So then he's like a sidekick, you think? Kind of, because, I mean, I mean, I don't know about a sidekick, but he's working alongside her. Mm-hmm. He's a supporting role. He's also a foil for her because he is 
so different from her and it highlights their differences. He brings the uh, the themes through. Um, I actually think Pete is a really good example of that. The love interest actually being able to, because they're alongside one another in the journey. That makes sense. That is a good example. Okay. So I have a side character that I'd like to ask you what role you think that they fill. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't know that would be a test. I know, right? It's Genie in Aladdin. That's difficult. Right? It's a tricky one because I was thinking about just some of my favorite side characters in stories and then trying to think of like where they would slot in for examples. And then Genie popped in my mind. Well, my first thought is hired help, which is the category, I think. But Genie's a slave. Yeah. Like, obviously. He, yeah. He's. In bondage, He's in literally. bondage, literally, yes. Um, so that's problematic. Yes, it is 100% problematic. Because um, it's not like he's like super doing anything that he does for Aladdin out of the goodness of his heart. Not that he's not a good person or good character, but like he is under duress, basically. Yeah. Well, and he's also like coaching and guiding Aladdin a little bit. So he also kind of fills a little bit of a mentor role to him. But he wants you want to keep that guy happy so that hopefully he gives you that last wish. Right? Well, and then in the full arc of the story at the very end, Aladdin's change was because of Genie. Him becoming less selfish. Like, he didn't become less selfish because of his love interest or because of Abu. It was because of Genie. It's, it's an interesting conundrum that I came across and... That is when I do feel like it's interesting to see characters that fill many roles in a story because then you can't just nail them down to one spot and say, this is the trope that they fit in. I just think it's interesting. Character studies, things that make you go, hmm. hmm. <laughs> in wrapping this literary device package up in a nice little bow, whatever companion you decide to place into your story make sure that you are remembering that they are a whole being in their own right and that they carry the distinctive weight of the story as much as your protagonist does and and you will go far and you will get (laughs) (laughs) nice this is very encouraging thank you thank you Jamie, do you have a recommendation for us this week? Yeah. Um, I know we never specified that our recommendations had to be on theme, but I do feel deeply compelled to always make them on theme. Same. But that was not easy this week because I'm really, really picky. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to pick my favorite sidekick slash companion slash whatever. Martin Freeman's portrayal of John Watson in the BBC Sherlock. He is the perfect foil. He forces the protagonist to grow. He is just so good. He's funny. Their chemistry is undeniable. Martin Freeman's fantastic, but they they work so well together. I know it's like a whole show. You don't have to watch the whole thing. He shines in even if you just watch like the first 
one episode. Don't tell them to not watch the whole show. You live your life, you guys. Watch the whole show. Do whatever you want. Don't watch the show. Watch a show. It's a show. A show. I just think he's a great, a great sidekick. Quite well done. You can find us on Instagram at the actbreak underscore podcast, Twitter at the actbreak underscore. You can go to our website, scifiomy.com slash podcast. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find transcripts for this episode. Please follow and subscribe so that you get notifications when our new episodes come out. We have a new one every Thursday. Talk to you later, guys.